like literally hanging on to some at uh, uh, younger than him. Like, and when we say younger than him, like, we mean like not even double digits, digits. yet. Yeah. Like, like he's like he's seven or eight, and yeah. he's like fourteen hanging on to this kid. Yeah, because he's scared. Yeah, crying, wailing, like oh my god, the demons and, are gonna eat us! Ah. And he's supposed to be a demon slayer. And, and he's just like the kid is like, um, sir, but you have a sword on your hip. Like you're older than me. Don't you feel any shame clinging to me? You're so pathetic. Hey you guys, what's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the Ad Rather Anime Podcast number 41. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad you'd rather anime with us. Yes, so it's been another week. Well, technically, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have twice the number of episodes to talk about. Which is good, because not a lot happened in these episodes. Nope. (laughs) So, so, One Piece, we watched two episodes. Basically, um, one episode was just more about the Revolutionary Army saying how they wanted to save Kuma. Basically, the exact same thing as the week before. And then this week was... Basically, uh, Cat Viper went to go talk, talk to Marco, and if you don't know who Marco is... They gave you an entire episode reminder. Basically, he was the first division commander of the Whitebeard Pirates. And basically, they're showing what happened after the Paramount War, how Marco and the rest of the Whitebeard Pirates led the grudge war against Teach, how Teach now has Whitebeard's uh, quake fruit or whatever you want to call it. And he's now um, protecting the village that Whitebeard grew up in and spent basically his entire life funding to keep them away from the eyes of the world government because they're not affiliated so that means a bunch of lawlessness and so Whitebeard pretty much spent his entire life protecting it and we also got introduced to I guess one of the future antagonists um he's claiming he's going around claiming to be Whitebeard's biological son Um, Marco explained that the woman who, you know, told her son this actually was on the ship with Whitebeard and that nobody knows the truth, you know, because, you know, Whitebeard's dead. You can't ask him. So, but they're looking for, quote unquote, Whitebeard's fortune. And there are none because Whitebeard spent all of his money funding this little village or whatever. Yep. So that's pretty much the entire episode. You did a great job. Yeah, um, we're supposed to be getting the first Wano episodes in a couple weeks. Yep, I think next week is the how they enter Wano episode, and then they'll actually be in Wano the following episode, I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, I wish they had shown like more of the Grudge War, since we didn't really get much of that in the manga, but they didn't really expound upon it. They didn't really show us any more than... And we got in the manga. I don't really think it needs to be expounded on because it showed you enough. Basically, the two years that Luffy and friends were doing their training in their separate places, Marco and the rest of the um, commanders led a war against Teach, and they, they lost. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got the story of what happened, but you know, that's not the same as actually. Why seeing... would you want to see them lose? Well, I, it's not necessarily just wanting to see them lose. It's just more so just like the battle, the hype, you know. It's not hype if you know they're going to lose. This is this is true. If you already know the outcome, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's like if you go into the, it's like going into the Paramount War the first time and already knowing that 
Ace is gonna die, Whitebeard's gonna die, the Whitebeard parts, and like everything is just gonna be a futile cause and Luffy and crew are gonna be disbanded. If you know all that from the get-go, you're not gonna be invested in that entire arc of Luffy trying to get to Ace, you know? Yeah, I guess so. So, that's just my two cents. Alrighty, I think that's enough for One Piece. Let's move this train right along to Black Clover. Um, Black Clover, episodes 87 and 88. Um, we finally got to see um, who made it into the Royal Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody from the Black Bulls that. Except um, for Magna. Except for Magna. Um, Benro would have made it, but you know, his brother beat him out of commission, so he's yeah. not included, obviously, for he, obvious reasons. He's not included. Um, I think we might have talked about this on the last podcast episode, but I can't mm-hmm. be sure. Um, Zora, he's part of the Black Bulls. That's his actual squad. Um, we got how he got his Black Bulls robe, which was basically Yami found him in the middle of the street, saw him beating up some people, and gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he after didn't... Yami beat the crap out of him. Yeah. So he just kind of got in through the back door. He didn't even take the test or anything. In which case, Asa said that's not fair, and then Noah was like, "Hey, I got in through the back door too." So. Yeah. But um. Yeah, that's pretty much how that episode went. And then, um, oh, um, what's the name? The Crimson Lions King. Fugueleon? Yeah, Fugueleon, um, his sister or whatever. She's the uh, leader of the Royal Knights. Yeah, Sis Gueleon. I don't yeah. know her real name because that's what Asta calls her. And everybody calls her something different. Lady Captain, Lady Royal, Sis uh, Gueleon. Um, yeah, I don't know if she has her own name. She does. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, nobody uses it. So, does she really have it? Yeah. But, um, basically, we have, you know, they're the, the build-up episode. Um, so, we have Asta and the Royal Knights. They, um, Asta and Noel go see Fugueleon and Leopold. And, you know, they say they're going to go get revenge. Uh, we learned about why Nozel is even in the Royal Knights, and basically him and uh, Fugueleon grew up together. They were rivals, and then, you know, he's not taken kindly to him being at commission. Um, and then we also have, basically, there's a spy um, trying to get find out what their plans are. Of course, you know, Sisqueleon and Nozel find the spy, beat the crap out of him, get the information, and so they're like, okay... So the plan's been moved up. We caught the spy. Instead of three days' time, we are going to go tomorrow morning. Yep. Tomorrow morning comes. She gives her, you know, speech of, you know, we're royal knights. You should be proud to be here. You're the strongest of the strong. You've been selected. So, like, let's handle business. She splits them up into teams, five teams of four, except for her, Asta, and Zora, which are a team of three, because the fourth member, the spatial magic user, he's basically going to stay at the checkpoint to make sure that when they need to leave they can because i mean he's a spatial magic user let's be real here aside from finral's crazy younger brother most of them are not attack people they're transportation people yeah and that's just the reality of it yeah um, that's literally the only reason why he's a part of the royal knights yeah and that's the only reason why finral would have been chosen as part of the royal knights because he's got spatial magic that is incredibly useful but um anyway they split up and one of the reasons why i like the character of the old, the oldest, you know, Crimson Lion leader, siblings, whatever. Cisco Leon. Cisco Leon is because she's basically like, look, 
you're all royal knights, you're all strong. I don't care how you do it. You go in through your separate place and you beat your way into the center. Just just don't lose. I don't need to tell you what to do. You don't need a plan. Just get it done. And honestly, that is like that high level of trust is just like, that's what you need when you pick people. Like when you select people like that, you don't need to give them explicit plans, especially, let's be real here, most of them probably weren't going to follow it anyway. (laughs) This is so true. So why waste time, you know? Yeah. So, and we get in and we see that, you know, these uh, squad leaders, Nozelle and Sisqualian, are pissed. Like, they are upset. Yeah, they, they rampaging through. They ain't even, like, these other uh, Eye of the Midnight Sun lackeys or whatever. We're not even getting faces for them. We're not even getting faces from them. They're just, like, tossing them aside immediately. And Asta's just like, why are we even here? Like, like did like, you need did us? You, did you actually need our help? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know what's going to be interesting? How, um... Because we also know that Licht isn't there. So the last guy we have is like Ryza because the other, there's like what, four of them? With Licht being the fourth one, Licht's gone and they've already taken out the other two. So that only yeah. leaves the Ryza guy. But keep in mind that Asta fought the other two and he was able to take down uh, the, the gorilla guy and the crazy girl with the flame who was from the other kingdom or whatever yeah. in the witch's forest. Mm-hmm. But. It's just, so it's just kind of like if we have this battle where like Sis Gwalion and Nozelle are quote unquote struggling, that's going to make me feel some type of way because like Yami came in and just like wrecked shop in like a single move. And I know, well, I know Asta had already worn them down. He'd already had a major fight, etc. That's not what I was going to say. Um, see, the thing about Asta and Yami is that they have hacks. They have like unbeatable abilities. So like Asta, he's anti-magic. So there's nothing you really can do to stop Asta. Asta's gonna win almost every single time. If he can hit you, he's going to win. And then Yami, he has the ability to slice dimensions. So if your body gets sliced dimensionally, it doesn't matter how strong you are. You're going to lose. So it's just like, if you don't have a broken ability like that, then I'm just, it can be a fight. I'm just saying <laughs> but that... But if you do have the broken not, ability, I mean, it's broken. Yeah, I'm just saying that I'm not too excited about the thought of having to see these squad captains struggle. Because, again, they're supposed to be squad captains. They're supposed to be the most powerful magic knights in the kingdom. They're supposed to be super strong. They're supposed to come in and just, like, clean things up with no problem. You know? And then with two of them, two of the strongest ones, like, honestly, the only people probably stronger than these two are what... Yami, the leader of the Golden Dawn, and the Wizard King himself. You know? Yep. So if they go in and they struggle, that's gonna kind of wreck the, the power scaling, in my mind. Especially since well, they made it seem like Swissgaleon is stronger than Yami, because he's, like, afraid of her. Yeah, but at the same time, um, I just lost track completely of what I was gonna say. I completely lost it. Oh, we don't know how strong the other guy is. The, the last guy could be stronger than all the other ones put together. He could be. He could be. Because we know Lit wasn't was the weakest of them. Of the of those four. Lit isn't the weakest. He's just got his power sealed away. So he's actually the strongest, but he's only allowed to actually use like a portion of his power. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. 
but it's, it's it is what it is we'll see how it goes um if it's if it keeps going at this pace i'm hoping that they're like this whole arc is really just going to be them dealing with this guy and not trying to make it through this maze to like run into him because if it's that i'm just not going to be psyched for it yeah i think it'll it'll go fast and well because they started this arc pretty quickly yeah and they're yeah. moving pretty quickly through it like much faster than they did through some of the other arcs yeah so i think i think they'll have good pacing but um i think that's enough for black clover let's take a quick little break all right we are back um the rising of the shield hero episodes 23 and 24 um the end of episode 22 made it seem like it was the end of the season and then it seemed like 23 and 24 and 25 were just going to be like a little filler arc but that doesn't appear to be quite the case um first we find out about the uh the event they just straight up just call it an event and just they just drop all the walls straight video game style and um, basically, it's just a chance for them to uh, gain more XP and farm XP and stuff. Yeah. So basically, they go off to this island and they just run around defeating monsters and everything is like double, quadrupled, whatever. Their XP Contru- goes up exponentially while they're doing this. Yeah, as long as they're not around one of the other uh, heroes. heroes. Because the heroes can't farm together. That's another reason why they're not allowed to party up. Like They can't gain XP if they're fighting together. Um, they meet uh, this uh, dude named Lark and this girl named uh, Therese. Therese. And basically, we they team up and they get to know each other and they're cool and everything. Um, Nafumi, of course, introduces introduces himself as the Shield Hero. Lark doesn't believe him. He's like, ha ha ha! Don't make that kind of joke. Like, if you're gonna say you're the Shield Hero, then like, you know, at least pretend to be like a worse dude. But I can look at you and tell you're not that. But fast forward, they find out that there's a wave coming because there's this hourglass beneath the island. They find it. They find out that it's in two days. So Nafumi has a teleportation skill that, you know, he recently learned from the other heroes. He goes back, tells the queen. The queen organizes some ships and an evacuation plan. So they're fighting the wave, right? Um, The other heroes, as expected, are completely useless. Pitifully weak. Like, in my, keep in mind that the sword hero, and of the three, he's kind of like my least hated one. Um, and he's completely, like, terrified of the ocean. He's clinging to the mast. He can't even stand on the ship. Um, their their attacks are doing absolutely nothing to to hurt the, the, the wave fish thing. Now, Fumi's pulling all the weight, and then Lark and Therese show up, and then they help, and we find out that Lark and Therese are actually heroes from another world and then um, Lark is like we're gonna fight to the death and so him and Nafumi are fighting and he doesn't even entertain the other three heroes because he's basically like y'all are not worth my time yeah y'all are just fodder like, yeah, y'all, like y'all, couldn't even, y'all couldn't even defeat this, this fish monster right so like what are you gonna do and then at the end of this Glass shows up and Nafumi is just kind of like oh crap we're in the real pickle now yeah, so apparently Lark, uh, Teresa, or Therese, and, uh, and Glass are all, all from, from the same, same world. And they're there to fight Nafumi. And what they're basically making it sound like, I don't know how they're going to explain it, but my guess would be that these waves are attacking everywhere. Basically, like, somebody's got to be the sacri- sacrificial lamb. 
either attacks your world or attacks our world and we don't want to attack our world so our job is to get rid of you so that the waves destroy your world and not ours yeah essentially that's, that's what i'm guessing but that's but just... they didn't act they didn't make it clear they didn't tell us explicitly but that is what it seems like yeah so we'll see but the fight between lark and afuni was really interesting yeah. because nafumi is defense and nafumi has this way of like getting inside his opponent's head but he can't do that with lark really like they're both just being like straight up honest like it's a true no holds bars no secret hands dealt like this is what i'm finna do and they did it and also keep in mind that teresa and lark are not bad people basically they immobilized the the army that the queen mobilized from uh, helping them. Yes. But once she did that, she helped them and she put out all the fires on their ship so that they didn't die. She's just like, y'all stay over there and we won't hurt you. Yeah, because the only people that they're trying to get rid of are the heroes. No, they're not trying to get rid of the heroes. They're trying to get rid of Nafumi. Well, they're trying to get rid of the heroes. No. Nafumi is the only hero that, they, that that is a threat, so that's the one they're fighting currently. Yeah. But they, they say that they only have beef with the heroes. Oh, okay. So, but, so no one else the, has to die. They threw the other heroes into the water, and their uh, party members had to save them. Yeah. And then Melty showed up out of nowhere, like, she's going to do something like, bro, you were the crown prince. You should have stayed yourself on the boat. Honestly. Princess. Princess, sorry, <laughs> I was thinking of the Wise Man's grandchild. Oh, um, well, I think that's pretty much it for Shield Hero. Um, yeah. we only have one more episode left, which is kind of sad. Um, but I'm sure it will get a season two with the way it's going. I hope so. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about our final thoughts on it next week. Um, continuing on. Wise Man's Grandchild, Episodes 10 and 11. Um, episode 10 was actually really good mm-hmm. because we found out about Strom's backstory and why he wanted to destroy the Empire. And I completely feel him, honestly. I feel you. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not even mad at Strom because I feel like Strom is a good villain because he he was a good guy and then his entire the Empire screwed him over and they they killed his his wife and unborn child simply because he was trying to help other people and the people who killed his wife and unborn child were the people he was trying to help and keep out of slavery and poverty and basically they pulled him away into the city with under the guise of oh we're going to like listen to you and start implementing some of your ideas and etc he was really excited about it he left he was gone for two months but then finally he was like look my wife is due to get birth soon i gotta go back home and so then they were like okay cool and then they set fire and burned everything killed his wife burned his house down and then yeah. he just went berserk and blew the entire city up and then he was like the entire empire will burn so he turned them all the demon demonoids and literally burned the city to the ground i have no faults with this and then when he would he did that he sat on the throne and said everybody's dead either they're dead or demonoid the empire is no more that was my only goal so like y'all are free to go do whatever you want to that was my ambition i accomplished i accomplished it i'm done yep and i can respect that and um the other demonoids were like well we're demonoids now so like let's use our power they attack some village that unfortunately is in Og's kingdom or like a neighboring it's kingdom. A, it's a neighboring kingdom. And so Og is like, eh, we got this. They show up. They wreck oh, shop. Oh, oh, wait, wait before that. Wait before that. 
Aug is getting crowned when they get this news, right? Oh, yeah. He's officially uh, the crown prince. He's officially becoming a crown prince, so they're having this ceremony, whatever. And then a random guy walks in with the news or whatever, and they're like, oh, "Don't fear, we got a team to deal with this." Shin, go talk to the people. Oh, give us a cool name. And, yeah. <laughs> and then Shin's like, "Why did you put me on the spot? I have no clue what the name name was." Um, 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 we're the ultimate magicians. <laughs> and then they then they fly off, which ain't, that no one's ever seen flying magic. So because flying magic does not exist in this world, but Shin and all his magical two strings in a cup mysticism came up with flying like, magic. Yeah, basically he just came up with floating magic, and then they just use wind magic to, to control just, it to control it and decide where they go. Yeah, which is uh, cool. But yeah, so they put on the show for the people, but when they get to the, the town where the demonoids are attacking, I think they said it was a hundred demonoids or a thousand demonoids. It was only a hundred. I think it was a hundred demonoids. It doesn't matter. That's they, usually they, enough to like destroy an entire empire. Like, well, one demonoid was enough to like obl- obliterate a whole bunch of people or whatever. The one that, uh, yeah. that uh, the, the wise man. Uh, before Shin. Yeah, before Shin, the wise man uh, defeated or whatever. Yeah, Demonoid had laid waste to tons of things or whatever. Yeah, but now this this group that Shin's been training are taking them out like fodder. Yeah, they're taking them out like they're not even people. Like the subtitles doesn't even give them names. They're just like Demonoid A, Demonoid B, Demonoid C. Yeah, they're just taking them all out. Yeah, and and when it came to Shin, Shin didn't even have to look at them. He was just like he was mad. He was just defeating them from behind his back, just not even looking at them, just just obliterating them. It was uh entertaining. Yeah, and Shin was like, I came here for a fight, and none of you are putting up one. And the guy who orchestrated all this, of course, he's an underling of Strom, who's an under he's an underling of one of Strom's underlings. And so he's like, this is Shin? Oh my gosh, he's so powerful. And mind you, Shin's not even going all out. Not even. And uh, and so the other lady, one of the, the I forgot her name, okay. one of the underlings of Strom, she comes in at the end and she's like, okay, y'all have had y'all fun. Let's, let's deal with this. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think she's much better. But uh, and, um, then Strom shows up at the end like, okay, y'all done started this whole thing without me. Yeah. And then um, also... Og and Maria takes out the leader of the Hundred Demon Army. Yeah. So, there's that. And then, of course, there's Cezillian and she's helping people. Um, for a moment, there's two demonoids who tried to attack where Cezillian was, and I was like, I wish they would. Yeah, they didn't even, they didn't make it. They didn't even make it. The other people uh, stopped them before they yeah. even made it that far. The other couple, because, you know, we have Shin and Cezillian who are together and they're in the study group. But then there's this other couple with, like, the dark hair who are, like, the, um, the they run, like, the bakery and the sword shop or something like that. Yeah. They're, uh, they're together and they stop the, yeah. the demonoid. Pretty much everybody is coupled except for the red-haired girl. No, no. The, everybody's uh, not coupled. All the guys are engaged. All the guys are engaged so that everybody has somebody except for the red-haired girl and I think the yellow-haired girl. No, no. None of the girls have anybody except for a Sicilian. Oh, just so. So so literally only the guys, all the guys are engaged. have people, but the, but the girls... None of them have people except for those two. Except for those two. Okay. Because they're they're engaged to two of the guys in the group. Hmm. But Og is engaged to the third the third Duke, the Duke's third daughter or something like that. Um the other two, his bodyguards, are both engaged. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we know that the other guy is um, dating the girl, other girl in the group. So they're all like, yeah, we're all taken. Sorry. Yep. And of course, Shen Sicilian. Yep. So that's pretty much it. But um, if you like to see people fighting that are really OP, um, the wise man's grandchild is definitely for you. The Wise Man's Grandchild has a nice balance between like slice of life and action and overpowered and like humor. It's got a really good balance of everything, honestly. Yep. It's another show that I'm going to miss. I think the last episode for that one's next week, too. Probably. But it was a good ride. I would probably go back and rewatch it, honestly, later on down the road. Yep. Or if I wanted to get someone into like Isekai anime, this be a really good one because it's a it's already dubbed b it's funny c it's really lighthearted. there's not like yeah there's that one moment with uh at the beginning where you know his he chops his head off but other than that it's not really gruesome yeah it's not that bad you know and they're not like a bunch of boobs everywhere Cons- considering other isekai anime okay all right when you compare it to other things in its category <laughs> okay I, I can I can accept that. Um, yeah, with that, I think we should move on. The final thing that we're going to talk about is Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba episodes 11 and 12. Alright, um, so episode 11, we meet uh, Zenetsu or whatever. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah, his name is Zenetsu. He's um, the blonde-haired crybaby. He's, yeah, he's a blonde-haired crybaby. And let me tell you, the episode he was introduced in horrible episode um and he's they just gave him a horrible character um he's one of those scaredy cat people uh character types or whatever but i felt like they pushed it way too far it's like they he's just a complete like baby complete baby like literally hanging on to some out of younger than him like and, not, and when we say younger than him like we mean like not even double digits, digits. yet yeah like, like he's like he's seven that scared. or eight and yeah. he's like 14 hanging on to this kid. Yeah, because he's scared. Yeah, crying, wailing. Like, oh my god, the demons and are going to eat us. Ah. He's supposed to be a demon slayer. And, and he's just like, the kid is like, um, sir, but you have a sword on your hip. Like, you're older than me. Don't you feel any shame clinging to me? You're so pathetic. And it's just like, yeah. And honestly, it doesn't get any better at all. Yeah. So that whole episode just sucked. And then we got the the boar guy. Yeah, and the boar guy or whatever, you think he's wearing a board mask, he's dual wielding, he's going to be cool. Um, he just seems like a stupid psychopath. Yeah, he's just crazy. He's just crazy. Um, you got a uh, new demon introduced, but we really don't get to know much about him. All we know, he was kicked out of the 12, whatever you call it, or whatever, because he was uh, basically too weak. And Honestly, I think this entire show would be a million times better if, like, the demons were out to kill the demon slayers instead of the opposite way around, and we got the entire story from the perspective of the 12 demons. Yeah. Even if the story is they are being hunted down, if we got the story from that perspective, and it's like a countdown to the end type of thing, I think it would be way more interesting because the demons have way better personalities and backstories and just like yeah except for this one in particular all the other ones were he good. still has more of a story than tanjiro does it's not necessarily more of a story but he has his he might i don't know i don't know i don't really feel anything about this one in particular but i mean his his abilities are unique again that's one thing i can say about the writer of this 
you know, he gives these characters unique abilities, and that's all good, fine and dandy. And I know he can write characters that actually, like, have emotion and stuff, because I see it when he writes the demon stuff. But his main protagonists, like, they suck. Like, Tanjiro sucks, and I'm like, okay, finally we're going to get another main protagonist, and then the first one they introduced to, who is, like, an overly crybaby type. And so that was sucked. And then the next one that we know is going to be a protagonist, he's just a a, a psychopath. Yeah. You know, and not in a good way. Yeah. And then Nezuko doesn't talk. And we already know Nezuko doesn't talk. So it's just like, if these are the four people we're going to do it, like, this show isn't worth watching. It's really not. And then, like, the animation is good. And, like, it like, looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. And the fight could be better what i don't like about tanjiro is that so for these past two episodes tanjiro has mentioned his injuries one time one time and he told zenetsu that he got injured in his last fight so he's not 100 percent. but then when it comes to like the height of this fight that might and mind you for these last two episodes they've been doing absolutely nothing except wandering around a house where the rooms keep changing. They've not fought anybody, nothing. Like, they introduced the demon, but they didn't fight the demon. Zenetsu was too busy crying about it, and Tanjiro was basically wandering around with the little girl's sister because they got separated. And that's really boring. I'm sorry. I don't want to watch you walk around a a house for, like, a cumulative time of an hour. You know? Yeah, and it's not like they didn't even develop the characters or anything in, in that hour. So it's just like... We don't know anything about the girl he's with. We don't know anything about her brother. We don't know any more about anything. They just literally walked around for like yeah, an that, hour and It was mostly happened. just, just, just uh, Zenetsu being scared of everything. Yeah. And it was just, it was really bad. And, and then we finally got it today. And of course, Zenetsu, when he got really scared, he went to sleep and surprise. His alter ego when he sleep is this really strong demon slayer guy, which is how he's made it this far. And that's not necessarily a problem. But the, the thing for me is when you watch things like One Piece that have really good characters, what I automatically thought about was uh, Cavendish mm-hmm. from One Piece. And it's just like, yeah, you know, Cavendish's alter ego when he sleep is super strong. But Cavendish, while he's awake, is also a very helpful, useful character and he's aware of what happens and, and he when has he goes a, to sleep and, and he, he can somewhat control it he has a personality at least it's yeah. not even about the control and everything it's just you still need to have a decent personality if your and show is called demon slayer and that's when your slaying comes out it's uh it's also about the controlling of this and the fact that he zenetsu his thing is that he's not even aware that he has that power it's like that's not funny that's not entertaining that's just dumb yeah and so uh, we've given this show 12 episodes. We're dropping it. Oh, I honestly- need one more complaint. Go ahead. Well, I'll do one more complaint. Going back to how Tanjiro did talk about his about, talk about his injuries. Now, all of a sudden, at the height of this fight, we're just like, oh, my God, my ribs, my leg, my shoulder, everything creeps. Then they, I'm then they so flash scared. back to when he was hurting in previous whatever, which they showed no signs of yeah. him hurting or whatever. But apparently he was hurting, and you know, like, and I was just like, can we not? Can we not? Like, if he was hurting those times, you should have showed us him hurting in those times or at least hinted towards him hurting in those times. But you didn't. And it feels like you're just like, oh, we forgot to add this. So let's just tell them about it now. 
And that's the thing. I feel like I'm not being shown anything. I'm just being told. Like, I'm being told that he's scared. I'm being told that he is in pain. That obviously, like, yeah, we're not going to feel it. It's an anime. But at the same time, I'm just like, you didn't build up to this. You didn't make anything known. It's just like, he's all good and fine. And he's brave with the other kids. And he's like, everything's going to be good. And I got this. And I'm a demon slayer. And trust me. And I have a plan. And I figured this out. And I'm ready to go. And all of a sudden, when it's time to strike, he's just like, ah, it hurt so much. Ah, no. This last battle really had me hurt. Ah, I'm so scared. If I get too close, he's going to cut me to rings. Ah. And it's just like either be brave and courageous or be scared. But if you're going to have a balance of it, it needs to be throughout your character and not just, okay, I'm ready to fight. Now I'm scared. You know? Yeah. It's like he didn't act like he was scared before. Yeah. But whatever. If you're going to overcome your fear, that's cool. I admire that. But like do it in a way that's interesting and not just, oh, all of a sudden I am. Yeah. And the main problem with this anime like the concepts from this anime are all fine this entire story could be told well and maybe it's told well in the manga maybe but the way it's done in the in this anime is horrible and it sucks so and it's really boring i can't watch an episode without feeling like oh i need to try to stay awake like it, it literally almost puts me to sleep every week you know sometimes it does put me to sleep it's just it makes me doze so we're not putting forth that much effort into watching it anymore so we're gonna drop it we've given it a full 12 episodes like that's pretty much an entire anime season and the fact that it's 12 episodes in and nothing has happened it's just kind of like this is this is not acceptable like i don't even know why he's fighting demons at this point you know because he's not he doesn't know how to figure out which ones are the 12 that he needs to get blood from he doesn't know where old girl went and where she relocated to because she's not in the same city so where's he even going to send the blood to when he gets it how long is it going to take to you know turn her back we they teased that you know his dad was this person to be afraid of or somebody related to him or who looks like him was this person to be afraid of we never got any more information about that and we don't know anything more about, you know, him actually finding a cure. Nezuko, the person yeah. he's supposed to be protecting, is supposed to have, have his back and they're supposed to be fighting together, isn't even in this this little arc of fighting because the kids left the box that she's in outside. In which case, also point of fact, that it was daytime when he left the box outside. So even if she did come out to protect them, she was going to die, like, immediately. So there's just a lot of things that didn't make sense in this whole shebang, you know? Yeah, and I can deal with stuff not making sense, but this is like when you also have bad protagonists, like protagonists that literally have no character, it's just like, it's too much. And I gave it plenty of time to try to develop or do something, but it never did. So we're done. We're done. And we're also done with this episode. That's it for this episode of the Ida Anime Podcast. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at I'd Rather Anime. If you want to share your thoughts about the anime we talked about, tweet at us or send us a voice message on Anchor, and we'll maybe share it on the next episode of the podcast. We know you can be doing other things, but we're glad that you animated with us. Until next time, peace. Out. So, like, can we watch some anime now?